1: All right. Well, welcome back to Training for Manhood. I'm Dan Panetti. I've got Mike Thornberry still with me, um, and we've been uh, recording a couple episodes. Uh, we talked about um, our mission um, because we, we wanted to talk. I wanted to talk about men are men of action, um, but Mike's like, you got to have the mission first, right? You got to know why you're doing what you're doing before you start doing it. So I'm glad we started with that when we talked about action. Um, but now we want to talk about the idea that men are teachable. Right. And I know that that word is not like people are not driving off the road, stopping the car, going, man, I got to listen to this one and take notes. And probably because I know a lot of guys aren't teachable. Right. So why, why introduce that subject into the idea of what men are, men are teachable? Why do you think that's important?
2: It's a primary criteria to be successful as a man. Okay. If a man is teachable, you're not going to trip him up in the long run. Because most of the time, what holds us back is our pride. I, I don't want to tell you I'm wrong, and I'm not going to let you tell me I'm wrong. You know, it, a boy knows enough to think he's right. Yeah. A man knows enough to realize he might be wrong. Yeah. So the concept that okay, I don't have it all together. I'm not going to rely on my own strength. I'm going to be teachable enough to learn. Means that hey, I can be coachable. We we all remember the team. And the the guy that was most coachable, and the coach will always say, "I love coaching that guy," right? Because he soaked it in. He was never above reproach. And normally, that guy, along with hard work, does the best. But we we fail at that miserably. If you look at the Christian church in general, and just don't go talk to the publishers, women buy all the books. All the books. Women read all the books. In uh, here's a challenge. Every man who's in a life group or a Sunday school class this weekend when the teacher asks for a response, I guarantee you a woman is gonna say something before a man. He's afraid to put himself out there. He's afraid to admit he doesn't know. But if a man is teachable, there's nothing that's gonna hold him back because he said, okay, I'm gonna put my pride to the side and I know I don't know. So I'm consciously incompetent. So now I can start learning to do it the right way. And then when he surrounds himself with with brothers that will hold him accountable, like you know your previous story with your friend Chad, who said, "Hey, you need to work on this." Yep. Then you'll receive it. Uh, but that that effort of being teachable and being humble enough to know you don't know, and you aren't the center of the universe, and that you got to learn it out, man. It, if if you can impart that on your kids, if you can adopt that as as one of your operating systems, then then you've got a great path set up to make an internal impact, but that means a, a couple of things. You actually gotta go about learning something. Okay.
1: <laughs> so this yeah. is back to the action yeah, of learning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm teachable. when you have to do something with it. Yeah, right? yeah. You, got, you can't well, just I, say I, I'm I teachable. Love, I love. Okay, so you threw a um, maybe a, a more palatable word for our guys, right? And that is coachable. Yeah. Right. Because I mean, I, I loved. I loved. Um, you know, I had several. Just great, wonderful coaches growing up, right? Um, you know, just, just guys that helped me develop, um, not just in my skill set, right, of making me a better player, right, but actually making me a better person. Yeah. Uh, and, and I thought about this. This, this is kind of a, a funny thought was um, if we think back to some of the great coaches, right, that, um, that each sport has kind of had. Right, you know, you kind of think of you know the, the great you know Lombardi and the great football coaches, right? The great you know Wooden, right? John Wooden, the great basketball coaches, right? One of the things that always um, that you hear about those people, right, and those coaches, right, is that um, they not only had great teams, but they made great men. Yeah. Which which was kind of a funny thing, kind of like you know who really cares, right? As long as you win championships, right? You know the Lombardi Trophy is actually named after a guy, right? That if you go sit down with the people who played for him right, they would tell you, right, he made me a better man. Yeah. And you're like, who, who cares, right, as long as you win the trophy, right? And my thought in thinking about this concept, right, was what if we evaluated coaches not on the number of championships that they won, but on the number of men that they made?
2: Yeah, it's a great standard because we do this already in sports. Exactly. We look at coaching trees, Exactly. We look at okay, who's come from, who coached under. Who, who did yeah. Lombardi produce? Who right? did,
1: you know, whoever produced yeah. and their coaching tree and yeah. lineage. Belichick's coaching tree, yeah. the people yeah. who've never beaten him, <laughs> or Sabin's coaching tree. But we don't
2: do this. Him. We don't do it in life. In life. That's right. We, we don't look at, okay, uh, I'm going to be teachable and I'm going to teach. Yes. And I'm going to invest. And you, you will see those behind me who have benefited, and hopefully they're better men. Not because I'm a better man, yeah. but, but I love him enough to teach. So we very rarely look at ourselves and say, one, I'm teachable, and two, who am I teaching?
1: Okay, so, okay, coaching tree. I like that image, right? So part of it is not just seeing yourself, right, at the top of the tree mm-hmm. and who are the fruit that you've produced, right? But who are the people that you've placed yourself under, Yeah, right? So who are the people who have coached you? Right. So I wrote down a verse before we started. It's uh, Matthew ten twenty four. Right. It says that a student will not be above his teacher. Yeah. Right. So the concept is, is we have to place ourselves under men who can train us to be better men. Right. So who are the who are the coaches? Right. That have poured into your life. Now, here's the thing. Right. As, as you're sitting there and, and, you know, some guys listening to this and he's thinking, um, OK, so, you know, I have a dad who's helped me understand what it means to be a man that's fantastic. It's great. You're part of that coaching tree, yeah. right? Where now you can pass that on down, but there's a kid out there who's saying, I don't have that dad, right? I don't, I don't have that coach ahead of me, right? That, who's helped me. So where, where do I go get that? Now, one of the things that I've always gone to, right, is books. <laughs> and I know we talked about how men don't read, um, but, you know, sometimes the idea of, um, I need to find, wisdom, information, resources, right? And, and I just I look around and I don't see those individuals around me. Um, you know, for me, it's it's always been, right? my, you know, I grew up, my parents owned a Christian bookstore. So, you know, little Danny would just sit there and I would just read and I would find people um, who helped me understand the world around me. Uh, and, I, and I loved that access to those individuals, to those men who would help train me. And to teach me, right? So I've always been a reader, and I know you are a reader as well, um, because we we share a lot of books and we, yeah. we go back and forth in that. Um, but you know, I, I read a study that said ninety-four percent of men will never read a book from cover to cover, right after they're done with their education. And I think that's right. That's just the enemy's plan, right, to break that coaching cycle, yeah, right, to take that you know that, that coaching tree and say, hey, you're off there by yourself. But the reality is, is you're not right, so, if you haven't come from um, a dad or a man that's been able to pour these things into you, there are other men out there right Now it may be a guy you can go find you know at your church and he can mentor you and he can disciple you and that's awesome right but even if you you know have that, I think it's still great to go find those godly men that have walked the walk right take what they've taught you right and if they're you know for me if they've been dead four hundred years, I really like them. Um, and, uh, and, and read those books. So what, what would you say to that?
0: So
2: I love the concept of find a man. Hmm. And there so, there's so many good resources in books. There's so many good examples. And, and, and heck, the Lord was good enough to give us all of Proverbs. Yeah. You know, go seek after wisdom. The whole point is seeking after it. Yeah. Uh, but I would put another challenge to what you're saying. Uh, one of the biggest crises facing men is the lack of men being involved In a boy's life
1: okay
2: so uh the stats are shocking between 18 and 29 a man is seven times more likely to kill himself because he didn't have a father in his life Mm. that doesn't mean it, it means in the house or out of the house but somebody who's actively pouring in right so the challenge with everything you said is we must lead wherever we are deployed that means your neighborhood guarantee you inside of 100 feet has at least one single mom. Yep. So what's my excuse for not being approachable and actionable and teaching what wasn't necessarily taught to me, but I know now since I've been teachable. So it, it's also a challenge to say, hey, you have more than the kids your family's birthed. That's right. Uh, and, and if you want to do something eternal, go find a boy who doesn't have a dad present. It's one of the, the travesties unfortunately, of the nuclear family going away, you can't replace a father's uh, influence on a son. But that also means then, why don't I step in the gap? It's back to the action. It's back to, you know, what am I going to do about it? But I I love the concept of, hey, there are men out there, whether they've written books, whether God's word, whether people at the church. But that also means I need to be one of those men that somebody can go to. And I need to go to find th- those around me and lead wherever I'm deployed. We do that and the internal impact is going to be great.
1: Yeah, I, that's, a, that's a huge part. <clears throat> men are teachable, right, is what, what you had, right? But the concept is, right, is they have to have a teacher. Yeah. Right. So if, if, if I want to be a man who wants to be a student, right, and say, hey, teach me. Right. And, and, you know, we say this, you know, Jesus Christ was the greatest man, so he's the greatest teacher. Mm-hmm. Right. Start start with that. Right. Start with opening up the word. Right. And, and you know, diving in there. Um, but I think it's important to have um, a physical man. Right. That can help teach and train. Right. And show you. Right. What that looks like to be a man. And if, if that's not in your life. Right. Men, we need to kind of expand our horizons. I remember meeting with a guy for lunch. And he was talking about he was probably, uh, in his early fifties, um, very very successful financially, uh, and one of the things that he told me was, um, I think I've made enough money for my family, right? I'm, a, you know, I think I'm, I want to retire, um, and I just looked at him and I said, I think your your idea of family is too small. Yeah. He's like, what do you mean? I said, well, you're thinking of family as right your physical children. You've got enough money, right, to provide for your physical children, right? I said, but I, I think God's giving you the gift to make money, right? You just need to expand your idea of family to right? Everybody that you can bless, right? And so, you know, my thing is, you know, if you're going to make money, go out and make a ton of money, right? Right. And bless a ton of people, right? You don't need to just bless the, you know, the biological children that you've been given, right? But that, you know, the idea of scripture is, you know, the, the concept that you have spiritual children as well, right? So the family of God and, and, and honestly, just other people, Right? We should, as men, be involved in the lives of anybody who wants to train to be a man, anybody who wants to understand what it means to be a man. If you have been trained and you have been taught, you need to take that, what you've, what you've been given, you need to pass it on to other people. Yeah. Right? So uh, super important that you do that for your own children. Right, So you're raising three boys, I'm raising three boys. Right, We spend a lot of time training our own boys. <laughs> right, um, But we also spend time with, with other young men right? And other boys training them as well. So I know, you know, you've gotten involved in some coaching, right? Yeah. Which is an incredible opportunity to, uh, to dive into and to train some other boys. Um, what are some other things that you Yeah. Do? So uh,
2: go look at your children's cell phones. Okay. They all have screen time reports. Look how much time they're spending there. And that should be enough conviction for you to apply what I started applying because I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm just as bad as them. Yeah. So, in the summers, when there's not a lot of activity, right? you should be prepping now for next summer saying, these are the five books, the six podcasts, the three things I want to accomplish. I'm going to have a plan to teach them something over the summer. So, this last summer for us, it was The Hero Code mm-hmm. by uh, William Admiral William McRaven, a great UT guy. Credit to you, Dan. That's right. Uh, so, I had them all read that, and then we discussed it. Uh, the year before, I had them read Seal of God by Chad Williams. I mean... It, they need to learn, yes. which means I need to show them, yes. which means the summers, which are prime opportunities for idleness to take over mm. and to just get sucked into the phone. Have a plan for what you want to share with them. Now, if that's, that's overwhelming, have a plan for dinner on the weekends yeah. and movie night. Yeah. I mean, how much more impactful is it if you sit down as a family? We used to do this very regularly. Now with three teenage boys, it's hard to get everybody in one seat. Uh, we would start around saying, hey, what did you learn this week? What was the challenge this week? And we work it around. And then, and then instead of just breaking apart and jumping back into the phones, hey, let's go watch something that's inspiring and uplifting uh, as a family and discuss, you know, what happened there. I mean, there's there's so much simple things to invest in yes. with the goal not being entertainment. Right. You might be entertained, but the goal is really, hey, how do I make them better today than they were yesterday? Yeah.
1: So we started a family like um, conversation uh, where I would give uh, each one of my uh, one of my kids um, a question that they had to answer in a week. Right. So my job was to come up with a question. You know, here's your question. You got a week to answer it, and then we'd sit down. Um, and the five-minute answers became, you know, three-hour conversations around the dinner table. Um, but it was such a great time, right, because you just, a little bit of intentionality, right, really provides such an incredible connection. Um, I will say this. One of the things you, you talked about that kind of hit me was um, summer, right? And sometimes we, um, we send our kids to allow them to be trained by other people, right, when we haven't done the training for ourselves, right? Yeah. We haven't trained them well, so we, we send them to, like, and I'll just say the summer camp, yeah. Right. You know, hey, there's a great summer camp and I'll send my kids there. Right. And and the problem with that. So I, I you know, I, I don't, I don't want to name the camp and I don't want to name the, the specific, um, you know, situation. Right. But, you know, let's just say I had a, a person that I know that's, you know, a counselor at a summer camp. And one of the things that she noticed was um, that every morning they kind of have to clean the cabin up before they go out and they have, you know, free time and things like that. Um, and that the boys wouldn't clean their cabin. Okay. And so the boys would go out and they would just sit. Um, and they knew, right, that the counselors would clean the cabin and they'd get the work done. Um, and they knew that they, you know, they're not going to call their parents and send them home because their parents paid a couple grand to send them there, right? So they can't do that, right, because that's not going to be good for business. And so the boys kind of picked up on that. And it was funny because, like, the girls are watching this. And the girls cleaned their cabin. The girls got their stuff done. then they went and, they, you know, had their free time and their fun time. But the boys wouldn't do it. And I was like, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, if I'm a girl and I'm watching that, and I'm thinking, so that's going to be my husband someday? That's going to be the man that's going to take care of my family, who's going to lead me? Like, no, he can't even clean his cabin. He can't even take direction, right, at 12 years old. What's it going to look like at 24? Yeah. Right? And that's one of the things that I think that as a as a parent, right, if you're not going to train your young boys to be young men at home, right, when you send them to different places and they act like that, right? and you're not embarrassed by it and you're not driving up there, picking them up and running them back home, right? That you're going to allow them to do that. That's one of the things that's really frustrating. But here's the thing that's frustrating. I think it's, it becomes frustrating to that boy at some point, right? Maybe not at 12 because he thinks he's cool because he's not cleaning his cabin, right? Maybe not at 24, right? Because he thinks it's cool that, you know, hey, my wife's, you know, you know, taking the kids to church and I'm not doing anything right. But at some point, I think in the heart of every man is that idea of, I don't want to be a boy anymore. Right, I mentioned kind of you know the the Peter Pan story, right? Yeah. The subtitle of it is the boy who never grew up, right? I think at some point it becomes frustrating if you're Peter Pan and you're 50, yeah. right? And you're just like, hey, how do I have fun all the time? It's like, how about cleaning some stuff up, right? But if you didn't learn it at 12, yeah. right? Do you really learn it at 50? And so one of the things I used to do is I used to teach a life skills class, um, how to cook, how to sew, how to iron how to do laundry, how to change the oil in your car. Now, people laugh at me, right, because they're like, do you do all those things? And the answer is, yeah, actually, I do, <laughs> right? I love to cook, right? I do laundry at my house, right? Um, you know, I sew, um, I iron, right? It's weird, right? I know, I get it, right? But they're all skills that I've learned, right? And I pass those on. And one of the amazing things was is I had a student go through my little class and I would take him to our house for the, you know, for the cooking part. And, uh, and I taught him how to cook just like an egg casserole, right? Yeah, super simple. Super simple, right? And it's funny because he went home, right, and he cooked that egg casserole for his mom, okay? And his mom called me the next day, and she goes, it was amazing, right, because they always eat out. Yeah. And I was like, why? And she goes, well, you know, dad and I got divorced, right, and so um, I don't have them all the time. And so when I have them, right, cooking for two is kind of depressing, so we always kind of eat out. Well, the other part of it is when he's with his dad, right, who got remarried and has a different family, they always eat out too because when he when he comes over for that, right, it's kind of like, oh, that's special. And so, that, you know, so he doesn't have like any home-cooked meals. And so for him to be able to learn to make an egg casserole yeah. was like a life transformation of I made something, we sat down, we had dinner, we sat around the table, we got to talk instead of going to a restaurant where... It's just different. He's not
2: going to remember the appetizer. He's not going to remember the appetizer. But that memory of cooking for his mother yes. is going to, it's not going to go away. Yep. And it's all out of that teachable moment where, hey, come here, let me teach you. And I've got a good story for this one, too. So uh, my family's Romanian. So my grandmother, uh, during World War I, the Germans took over her town in Marienburg, Romania. Okay. In Transylvania. So you don't want to be around me when the moon's out. <laughs> But she immigrated at age eight, uh-huh. didn't speak a lick of English, up in the Cleveland area where there are a lot of Romanians, and she learned how to read, and she was a phenomenal cook. She was a cook and, and cleaned houses for a living, and she learned how to make crepes. The name for that in her Anglo-Saxon Romanian tongue was plăcintăs. And I have a memory of her making plăcintăs stacked high mm. and homemade bread yeah. that I'm never going to forget. After she passed, I kept one of those loaves of bread in the freezer for 10 years. Yeah. So what did I do with my boys? Hey, let me teach you how to make these. And it becomes something where I've imparted a teachable moment that means something to our family that now they're going to do as a way to pour in and love when they have a family. They're going to get the joy of what my grandmother did for me and what I did for them and what they will do for their kids. Nobody remembers the appetizer. But they'll remember that. Because it was a teachable moment where I invested and poured into them. And if you talk to any coach who loves what he does, those teachable moments are what those players remember 30 years from now from Dean Smith. What did Dean Smith do? In his will, he left $100 for every player he coached at Chapel Hill. That's awesome. To go have a dinner on him. Because the NCAA rules aren't like they are today. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, am I being that intentional like Dean Smith is – in coaching like you did on the egg casserole there's nothing better that's love yeah. that's the commitment of my will to the betterment of that man's need i love it
1: so when we talk about being teachable right and and we talk about that whole life being coachable right so one of the things we want to ask is right what what coaching tree are we in who are the people above mm-hmm. us right that are pouring into us that are teaching us that are coaching us Right, and then looking down at what fruit we're producing, who are the people that we're pouring into, and we're coaching and we're teaching as well. And I think one of the things, right, is, and we'll go back to this, um, is to be teachable. Right, you've got to be learning something of value. Um, and I think that's why it's so important, right, to be in the Word, right, and to be reading the Word because it, it demonstrates that you're a student, that you're willing to learn, right, and that will that will spill over into the rest of your life. So, guys, um, pick up a good book. Right, and I'd say start with the good book, right. But also find a good book, um, and you know, you mentioned a couple. I mentioned a couple. Um, you know, find a good book, begin to read, right. And I'm telling you, if you have younger kids, begin to read with them. Yeah. Right. Begin to read to them. Right. Um, if you got older kids, right, share a resource. Right. Say, hey, let's read this book together this year, and then talk about it. Right. Because that's such a great connector, and it demonstrates, hey, I've got a teachable sp- spirit, right, and I'm willing to learn. And it demonstrates to people who are behind you, hey, if that guy's teachable, I need to be teachable as well. So any last words on that?
2: No, that's a great finish. Good stuff.
0: Thank you for listening to Training for Manhood. If you found the conversation to be valuable, make sure to rate us where you listen to podcasts. Also, check out additional content on our website, trainingformanhood.com. That's training4manhood.com. the number four, manhood, dot com. Until next time, in the words of King David, Be strong and show yourself a man.